The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Careful making wishes in the dark, dark, can't be so Hey, I'm Trent Rush. This is Brandon Marsh, the Los Angeles Angels and 66ers baseball. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. I'm Tori Hunter Jr. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. And we continue our Angels preview week with two beat writers. Uh, Rhett Bollinger returning from MLB.com. He's been on the podcast a handful of times, so I'm sure you guys are all familiar with him. But new to the podcast... Fabian Ardaya of The Athletic, also covering the Angels. How are you doing, both of you guys? Doing great. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for having me. So we're here. Obviously, spring training is, you know, we're recording this on a Wednesday. So tomorrow will be a week exactly to the start of the 2021 season. So, Fabian, I'm going to ask you first because this is the first time I've had you on. 2020 obviously didn't start the way a lot of the Angel fans wanted, but it ended really strong. What kind of things do you think? can translate from that 2020 season over to this season? Uh, I think something that I think was a common thread, uh, especially in the first half of last year, was like doing the little things well. I mean, the Angels really didn't do those little things well uh, in that first month of 2020. I mean, they got off to a really slow start in a lot of really frustrating ways, whether it be I think they led the league in blown saves last year. That's obviously something that's really frustrating, can make a big impact on the season. Uh, just a little sequencing stuff. I know uh, former B, uh, former GM Billy Epler, that, that's something he touched upon a lot. It's just a lot of different things and sequencing uh, that didn't go right for the Angels. And I know Joe Madden's touched upon it this spring is how much of a focus they've had on trying to correct those issues. And part of it's how they sort of tr- want to translate that information down from the new front office, Paramanassian, down uh, to the clubhouse. And part of it's also just finding different people who can execute a little bit better because like there were moments in the second half of last year where it really looked like this was yeah. the team that they expected to see over the course of the season and maybe if they play a whole full 162 things will look a little bit different but obviously the flaws of the angels sort of show themselves over the course of a abbreviated season more than usual and that's sort of why things ended the way they did so red coming out of 2020 the Offseason, a lot of, I want to say a lot, but a couple big names that were out there, whether it be obviously uh, Trevor Bauer being the main guy pitching-wise, they end up got, getting additions in the in the pitching with Alex Cobb and uh, Quintana through, uh, as starters. Um, what did you think of those moves, bringing those guys in uh, for the rotation? Yeah, I know a lot of fans are disappointed not getting Alex Bauer. Uh, it was never that realistic with the kind of money he wanted. With this team being close, you know, to the um, luxury tax and all that, it just wasn't going to happen, especially because this team had a lot of needs. Um, you know, there are two guys that are familiar with Joe Madden, and truthfully, they both had, you never know, it's going to translate, but they both had great springs. I mean, Alex Cobbs was more tangible because he went to driveline, kind of fixed his mechanics. He's got the lower half a little bit better in sync. He's throwing harder. Uh, he's had a track record of success, um, you know, in the past, so it's something 
probably come back from. And then Adonis coming off a kind of a crazy year where he cut his hand doing dishes and missed most of the season. And, you know, so he's had a great spring too. I think he's given up one run all spring. That was today on a home run to Hunter Dozier. So you never really know how it's going to translate, but you still want to see those kind of guys do well because you never really know what you're expect. Um, and so far, so good. So we'll see, but it, it definitely a good side from both guys uh, this spring. So Fabian, obviously pitching has always been an issue and you kind of mentioned that in your first answer with the um, blown saves, uh, bringing in Riel Iglesias, another new name uh, for the Angels. How has he done this spring and, and how is he going to fit in with this team? I think with especially with spring training, I think the results are the results, but at the end of the day, you want to see like how the stuff looks, how the stuff plays. And I mean, the stuff's there for Rice Iglesias, it appears like this spring and and he's been as consistent of a reliever as you've probably seen in the game of the last decade or so, or last half decade. I mean, ever since he, he converted from the rotations to the bullpen. Uh, and he's someone who's going to, who you would expect to sort of lock it down. Like, this is the most, the first time the Angels really had like a traditional closer type since Houston Street. And that's been a while since Houston Street was pretty healthy. Uh, so, I mean, that's probably part of why they brought him in. Uh, it was an opportunity to add a, that isn't always out there. I know the, the Reds were really trying to shed payroll with that trade, and that's sort of how he became available because those types of guys aren't typically available on the open market that easily, especially not during the offseason, maybe maybe closer to the deadline if a team is out of it. Uh, but, yeah, that, I mean, that's why the Angels brought him in. It's just a matter of if the rest of the pieces are going to be good enough. It's if Mike Myers can be what he was last year. It's if Felix Payne can be what he was last year when he gets healthy again now. If Ty Butcher can be closer to what he was in 2018, 20, the beginning of 2019. Uh, I mean, these are a lot of question marks about this bullpen, and it's going to be made a lot easier on them if the rotation can be uh, closer to what the projections are uh, than in recent years. You mentioned uh, Felix Pena, obviously a guy that a lot of people expected to be in the in the bullpen this uh, season. Uh, got injured during spring training. Do you have any or have you heard anything from uh, whether it be Perry or, or Joe about where he's at and, and his expectation for making the opening day roster? It doesn't sound like he's going to be on the opening day roster. I know it'd be he's like his timeline is sort of hitting right against even if he hits like the aggressive side of that timeline, it'd be right around spring tra- uh, spring training ending. And even then, like you probably with a guy like that coming off a couple weeks without throwing, you probably would want to get him in some game action before you throw him back out there. So I wouldn't be surprised at all. He probably will start the season on the injured list, but it probably might be a first week or first couple weeks or so uh, before we see him. And even then it might take a little bit longer if they want to see him maybe in the game down at the old site or something like that, sort of like a rehab assignment. Rhett, you know, last season, the pitching, blown saves, starters not really seem to be going deep. With the additions they made this year, both in the bullpen and in the rotation, do you feel that this 2021 pitching staff as a whole is better than last year's? I do think so, yeah. And I think a lot of it's going to come down to healthy Shoei Otani, too, right? I mean, he's been pretty incredible this spring. And if he's, you know, a member of that six-man rotation um, and can stay in that rotation and be healthy, you know, he definitely pitches like an ace, you know. And Dylan Bundy has shown, you know, no signs of slowing down from last year either. Like I said, spring training numbers are what they are, but they've been great. And his stuff, like, you know, like obviously the stuff, matters and that's the great same thing as I did with Quintana and Cobb um so yeah I, I think it's a little deeper I think it's nice that guys like you know Reed Detmers a little closer to the majors uh we could possibly see Jaime Berea in there a little bit later if they need some more depth um we'll see about you know maybe Chris Rodriguez but Chris Rodriguez also might also be a you know a reliever now so 
Um, but a little bit more rotation depth, I think, in the past. It's going to be really important because, as everyone's talking about, you know, it's a big jump in innings for everybody, right? I mean, the entire league has to deal with all these guys jumping from such a short season uh, to a full, you know, 162. So they got to find innings. Um, I think the team has, you know, some veterans that have been able to do that in the past. Um, but it's going to be on a lot of guys healthy and potentially get some contributions from some other guys uh, later in the season. And you mentioned Shohei Otani, and that's actually my next point was that his spring offensively and defensive or offensively and pitching have been uh, really, really good and got getting a lot of Angel fans excited. Uh, Fabian, what have you seen the biggest difference between Otani? Uh, you know, I can't really say at this point last year because this point last year we were everyone was shut down, but the beginning <laughs> of spring training last year to the beginning of spring training this year. I think he just looks healthier. I think that's the thing. Like I know says he was healthy last year uh, coming into summer camp, uh, said that he wasn't really inhibited by anything. But obviously, I mean, that wasn't really the case. I think you saw after, I think he said after he went down and he got shut down for pitching, he said, like, the forearm had been something that had been bothering a little bit as he was ramping up. And even everything even leading up to that was, like, so disjointed uh, with his rehab after Tommy John's surgery. I mean, the fact that he needed knee surgery that interrupted his uh, throwing program, the fact that the world shut down when he was supposed <laughs> to be ramping up to throw. Uh, like it just never really lined up really well for him. And now he had like a whole winter. He revamped his body. He sort of, sort of felt physically like he himself and was able to take advantage of that and take steps forward. And probably there might be different ways where he maybe feels better or feels different than he did coming into his first spring training with the angels of 2018. Cause even then he came in uh, with a grade one. You see also he might be even in a better spot because he's maybe built up his lower half a little bit better. He's uh, more acquainted with the league. And I think that's why you're seeing, like, he hasn't really ever had like, a good offensive spring training before. Mm-hmm. And he's had a really good one now. Mm-hmm. And obviously he wasn't great pitching-wise in his first spring training. And now he looks a little bit more comfortable. Like, he just looks comfortable and he looks healthy and he looks confident. And part of that you can attribute to his offseason workouts. Part of it you can probably attribute to him just feeling healthy. Part of it you can probably attribute to the angels sort of not having any limitations on him. But I think the combination of all those things, he just feels like he's in a better place now than he's been in, in a couple of years. Rhett, obviously with uh, Dylan Bundy getting the opening day start, you can pretty much pencil in Otani DHing somewhere in that lineup. Has there been any talk about when Otani is going to make his first start on the mound? Not yet. They're still trying to figure that out. They probably know. They haven't told us yet. It's more uh, probably the right response, but um, we'll find out soon. You can kind of plot it out based on when he's going to be in the order. Because same thing, maybe by tomorrow um, on Thursday, we might find out more about uh, how it's going to go at Dodger Stadium too, in terms of the freeway series. We can kind of figure out goes in order from there. We'll know because tomorrow's Bundy, and then whoever goes after Bundy, you can kind of know who the rest of the rotation is. But as of now, Madden won't, hasn't told us anybody beyond Bundy. Um, but yeah, you're right. It'll be interesting to see when Otani's in there and how they're going to utilize him at DH leading up to that start. And whether or not right away, if he's going to be hitting, you know, in that start too, or if they're going to wait until later in the season or what they're going to do is, uh, you know, cause it's pretty fun to see that, you know, in San Diego uh, last week with him, you know, pitching against those guys, a great lineup, and also getting the hits off of, you know, former Cy Young award winner and Blake Snell. So if he stays healthy, like I said, it's going to be a fun year to, to watch him play. And, and kind of piggybacking off of that, and that made me think of something. Has Joe Madden said or hinted one way or the other where he that's a possibility during the season, or, I, or was this just a one-off, kind of just for fun to see Otani pitch and hit in the same game, uh, Rhett? 
yeah, it's supposed to happen during the season too. So Joe said it'll happen. Uh, he said probably more likely maybe early while he's still fresh. We'll kind of see as it goes, you know, later into the season and where he's at pitching wise and too, I guess, well, you know, they've, they've been saying no restrictions. So he could make in that rotation the whole year, uh, which would be great, but we'll see. It's a big jump in innings. He hasn't really thrown that many over the last, you know, two years. He's thrown what, only two innings or so in terms of actual professional innings. Um, so it's, it's going to be a big jump. So we'll see how long he can kind of go and how deep he can go into that season as a starter. But obviously they want him in the playoffs, so too, if they can get there as a rotation member. So um, it'll be definitely interesting to watch. But I think we'll see him in there in the lineup uh, occasionally, at least when he's when he's on the mound. So that's kind of the pitching aspect. And Otani, I guess, is a nice little segue because he does both. We can kind of start talking about the lineup. Uh, Joe Madden has came out today. I believe you guys both uh, tweeted out that he is thinking about putting Trout into the third uh, third spot in the, in the lineup where for the last couple of years that I can remember, he's been pretty solid in that number two spot. So, Fabian, what do you feel? How do you feel about Trout in the third? Or do you think it's better to have him in that second spot? I'm typically of the camp that like lineup order and stuff like that is ultimately not like doesn't matter that much over the course of the season. But I I, I know obviously like, the data is there that like you typically want your best hitter hitting second, and obviously like there's good data behind that suggesting uh, sort of opportunities. You're obviously you're getting more plate appearances by hitting early in the lineup. Uh, there's more opportunities to ha- have runners on base or runners on base with less than two outs uh, if you're having him bat second. Uh, the way Joe Madden sort of explained it is like he's not worried about like the amount of play appearances Mike Trout has or like, no one on two outs because like he feels like that might be skewed by the first inning a little bit. Uh, although like first inning it's probably one of his four play appearances per game. Uh, but and he also pretty much said like he it believe like he believes in that uh, David Fletcher and probably whoever hits second whether it's like Shohei Otani or Jared Walsh he he believes like one of those two guys is going to get on base that's going to set things up. And really set things up for Mike Trout to be a run producer, then have Anthony Rendon obviously behind him, and having that left-handed hitter probably in that second spot, maybe like with especially with the two uh, with three uh, batter minimum, uh, is going to make it a little bit difficult uh, for opposing managers to try to use any specialty relievers uh, against that part of the lineup. And same question to you, Red. How do you feel? Where do you think it's best to put Trout in this in this lineup coming up in the twenty-one season? Yeah, I'm with Bobby, and I think that, you know, it always made sense to kind of hit him second because the numbers always say, you know, you get more at-bats that way and all that. But um, with this lineup, you know, if, if Walsh, it's going to be a key to see if Walsh can keep it up from last year and, and see too. And if he doesn't, maybe it's, like said, it could be Shohei hitting second. Uh, and that'd be pretty fun to see. I'd definitely be in favor of that when he's in the lineup. Um, and we'll see too, you know, against lefties, if, if, if they decide to still hit Walsh or Otani there, they decide to maybe move Trout up a little bit. But the big thing, like Fabian said, is, the, is that three batter minimum too. If you have Walsh or Otani in there, there's no way they're going to bring in especially, you know, a lefty. Even with two outs, it'd be a risk. You could, but then, you know, you'd have to run that risk that, okay, now you got Trout and Rendon coming up right after it. So, um, and even the top, you know, the bottom of the line, I think Fowler's going to hit ninth and he's a lefty. So they're going to break up the lineup a little bit and make sure they have, you know, the righty-lefty combos so that teams can't use those specialty relievers to come in. And even the guys that are great right-handed relievers that come in for, you know, try to face Trout or Rendon right after that, they'd have to face potentially Otani or, or he's, if he's playing there too. So um, to me, it, it, it doesn't probably really matter too much in the long run. There will be days I'm sure we'll call it second, um, but it, it makes some sense of this team. And so the risk is always that, yeah, the first inning, both guys get out and Trout's up with two outs and nobody on. But at the same time, that doesn't happen. You know, it'll happen, but it won't happen hopefully too often with two guys can get on base. 
another guy that's going to be in this lineup, I, th- I think personally is going to be a big key and, and a factor in how well this lineup produces is Justin Upton. Um, him having a great spring, granted, like you mentioned earlier, spring is spring, but uh, in his recent past, he hasn't even had a healthy spring to really judge it off of, it seems like. But so, Red, how what's a realistic expectation you think of a guy like Justin Upton um, coming into the season? It's a good question. It's hard to really know exactly what to expect, but the good news is that we saw him kind of have that resurgence last year, second half of the season, or really that last month. It's a great last month, which is a good sign from him. As we know, he's dealt with a lot of injuries over the last few years, you know, the turf toe and the knee injuries and all that. And so finally, now he had a full regular off season. Uh, he's been, you know, outside of, you know, Shohei, he's probably been their best, second best hitter in camp, you know, tied for the team lead for homers. Another one day that was, you know, absolutely crushed, uh, you know, over the Berman left field. So uh, he looks like his timing's on. We know, I think all fans know that he's a streaky hitter, but at the same time, it's good to see him go these good streaks now and show that he's still capable of these because honestly, Two years ago, and even the beginning of last year, you kind of wondered, is he even, can he even get a hot streak anymore? And sure enough, he got in a great one to end the season, and then you know, one cent. So uh, another good sign, and we'll kind of see if that can roll into the season. Another guy in the outfield, I guess, kind of competing for that fourth out, outfield spot, um, Taylor Ward. Fabian, what do you hear? What do you think is going to come down for that fourth outfield spot? It seems like there's a lot of names uh, to this point, which and it's really close to the season. Who do you think has the uh, that uh, is out in front of everybody else? Yeah, it's really interesting because it seems like like a lot of them have had really good springs too, right. uh, which is like that's one of the f- few times like where like spring training stats really matters because like that's your only sample sometimes with some of these guys to sort of see how they look. But like, I mean, even a guy like Scott Shebler, who I think coming into the spring was sort of on the peripheral. Like, He's looked really good, and he like they've ha- they've tried him in center, like they've tried different stuff just to see how he looks out there. I mean, he's had a good spring. Uh, I know Juan Ligaris has looked amazing this spring, and he's probably the front runner to make the roster at, at this point, uh, even though he's a non-roster invitee, because just because he's looked really good offensively, and you know, defensively, he's really good at all three spots. Um, Taylor Ward has looked good this spring. He's made an impression, and he's someone who Joe Madden really likes. Uh, his swing looks really, really good. And the fact that he's versatile is going to help him a lot. He can play all three outfield spots. He can play first base. He can catch. And I know it's been a while since he's played third base, but like I'm sure if there's like a long-term injury there, they can probably throw him uh, at least some reps there. Um, so, I mean, that versatility is going to help him uh, in terms of staying around. But I think in terms of making the opening day roster, it might hurt him a little bit, just the fact that he does have options remaining. Uh, that makes it easier for them to sort of, keep him in the organization without necessarily having him start the season with the big club. And that, that will help uh, a guy like Juan Lagares. I know John Jay has he- sort of had like an up and down spring uh, so far, but he's someone who is another non-roster invitee, someone who Joe Madden's familiar with and someone he really likes. And he's someone that I know different younger guys in that outfield mix have really taken to in the clubhouse, whether it be like a Joe Waddell or someone like that, like they really look up to him. So if they can keep him in the organization, uh, whether it's, be in the alternate site to start the season or if he makes the opening day roster that's someone that i know uh, joe madden really is a fan of so red i guess the infield version of that is the utility infield that seems like a competition that has been um kind of heating up with uh rojas putting on a really good hitting display this spring and then obviously with renhifo there from last year um, same question, but for that position, who do you think is ahead of the group and, and makes that opening day roster? 
That one's really tough. You know, I kind of assumed that when Beretta went down, it would be Renifo being on the 40-man roster and also having a great spring. He's debuted kind of a new stance and um, in the batter's box and so far the results. Um, but the way that Joe kind of gushes about Rojas, it makes you think, um, especially because he's saying that, you know, as much as Rojas isn't a true utility guy because he can't really play short, you have David Fletcher on the roster. He could move over there at short when Inglatus isn't in the in the lineup. So we've got an awesome story, but it also keeps them. Maybe they just go with Renifo now and then maybe add, um, you know, Ross to the roster later because they might not have enough spots. But the other thing is maybe they decide to kind of pull Switcheroo and they put Taylor Ward in the outfield because he's on the 40-man already. And they decide to, instead of giving that 40-man spot to Lagaris, they give it to Rojas. Would that surprise me? Yeah, I think so. But it, it's still in the realm of possibility, I think. Um, but I do think Lagaris, like Fabian said, is a favorite in the outfield. And I'd still probably put Renjifo slightly ahead of Rojas just because of the roster situation and stuff. But uh, it'll be fun to see. And I, I do think that at some point we're going to see Rojas. I mean, he's hit so well at every level and every spring training we've ever seen him. So uh, I know the fans love him, so they're clamoring for him. He's the next David <laughs> Fletcher out there. So, uh, so I'm hoping to see it. It'll, it'll be cool. Uh, and I'm a high school kid uh, up in the yeah, major with the Angels. Yeah, definitely local. So, yeah, and then, you know, kind of now going into the guys that we already know aren't going to make the opening day uh, roster, and one in particular, um, Joe Adele. So, Fabian, um, he got brought up last year. A lot of people, myself included, felt it was kind of rushed because of the injuries and stuff like that. How did you feel about his 2020 season, and how do you think he fits with the 2021 season? Do we see him at all? Do we not see him until late, or he comes up fairly early? I think the Angels will say he was rushed up to the big leagues last year, too. I think I think so many different circumstances of last year sort of led to that happening. I mean, the fact that there weren't any minor league games for him to get any reps at or any – it's hard to really get development at the alternate site. I think it sort of is different for different guys that – like what they were able to take from that last year. I think maybe it's just – part of it's also just like what guys had to work on. I think what Joe Adele could really use uh, – I think Joe Madden said it a lot of times. It's just a lot of reps, a lot of game reps, which are really hard to replicate out in the alternate site, uh, I, I think he came up way too early. And I, I think it was partially just because he had, he had like a half of a 2019 season too, just because of the injuries he had going into that year. Uh, so it, he hasn't really had a full season of baseball in three years. And that's really difficult. I think you've sort of seen that take a toll on his defense. Also the fact that he's moved to a corner that he's never really played before. That's something you've seen that learning curve there. Like it's, it's growing pains for sure. Uh, he looks a little bit better in the box this year. Uh, he shortened th- some things up with his uh, swing and his stance, and his approach is a lot closer to where it typically has been when he's hit pretty well. Um, so I think there's been definitely some signs of improvement for him, but I think last year was really tough for him. It was really tough mentally for a lot of these guys in the minors, uh, just sort of dealing with that season being taken away from them and then having to, to learn how to develop on the alternate site. And then some guys – sort of coming up and seeing live pitching that they hadn't seen him really like real live pitching against other opponents in months. Uh, so it was difficult for him. I think this spring, this year, if he gets a chance, I know the angels alternate sites can be in Tempe. So they'll probably get a chance to actually get to see some live pitching even while down the alternate site, that's going to help. And I think I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the year, he's the everyday right fielder, but it's going to take some time. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be expecting him to come up as soon as like the minor league season starts May 1st or anything like that. I think they're going to bring him up when it's time, like when they feel like they, he's ready to be their everyday right fielder. There's not, they're going to be real more hesitant. I think to call him up earlier than they think he's ready. This is it. We've got an Amex platinum pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen, 
We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, 
propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past. And the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. I'd like to welcome our newest sponsor, eBay Sneakers. From rare dead stock to the latest releases, you can find the exact sneaker you are looking for on eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go if you want to cop that pair that you've been eyeing. And with eBay's guarantee, a team of independent professional authenticators perform a rigorous inspection of the sneakers you purchase before they are sent to you. So you can shop confidently knowing your pair is the real deal. And for you sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers $100 or more, making it free to sell or flip your collection. With the other sites charging as much as 25%, you're going to have a ton of extra cash left for, guess what? More sneakers. Check out ebay.com slash sneakers today. Again, that's ebay.com slash sneakers today. Uh, Rhett, the MLB.com came out with their uh, farm system rankings, and the Angels were, if I remember correctly, in the late in the um, late 20s, like 26, I believe, or 27. But obviously, Joe is not in that prospect because of his time last year up in the big leagues, but you have guys like Brandon Marsh and, and guys that you mentioned already, like Reed Detmers, Chris Rodriguez. But how do you feel about this farm system as a whole and where it's at right now compared to, you know, even three years ago? Yeah, it's tough to say. I mean, it's it's not the best, but they do have some intriguing guys. A lot of it, though, a lot of outfielders, you know, and, and obviously they really like a lot in Jeremiah Jackson. They hope you can stay on the dirt. Um, but, you know, Jordan Adams and a lot of, you know, a lot of outfielders out there. Guys they drafted last year too, uh, David Calabrese. I mean, some of these guys that you know, Trent De- Devo. Some of these guys that are younger. Some of the guys they got from the Bahamas, even. So they've got a lot of outfielders. There's just some middle guys. Kyron Parrish is a guy they really like a lot at shortstop. Um, you know, pitching wise, they've got some intriguing armors, but just not the organizational depth you'd hope for. 
um, you know, from from a team like that, especially a team that's been desperate pitching. Um, so yeah, it's probably right. You know, it's it's not as good as it was in a sense because Adele was, you know, what at one point I think he was a number four, number five overall prospect. That, of course, that's going to move you up the system and uh, up ranking. Sorry, and uh, Marsh is, is a top hundred guy, but he's really the only top hundred guy right now I think listed on MLB.com. So uh, they got to continue to build that. That's going to be a big thing under Perry now. I know, you know Billy did his best to try to stock that farm system up. Because when he got it, it was, you know, it was really, oh, wow, Luis Renifo was options. So that opened some things up potentially for. Uh, yeah, just got that too. For, that'll be interesting for Jose Roja. So, um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, it'll be interesting. So, yeah. Wow, I should I should have had like a breaking news sounder just in case something like yeah, that right? happened. But now I, now I can plan for a future uh, podcast. But, yeah, like you mentioned, uh, Renifo optioned uh, by the Angels today. So do you think then – that opens the door for Jose uh, Rojas to be that utility guy come opening day, uh, Fabian. Oh, it definitely does. I, I think it really does because he was the main uh, competition for that. Uh, Jack Mayfield was another person who was in that mix. He was also optioned uh, just now. So, I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a big sign for him. They're going to have to obviously clear up a 40-man spot for him, but like that's – that's huge news. I think uh, Joe Madden was sort of hinting at that a little bit earlier today when he was talking about how viable Rojas really was for the big league roster to start the season. Yeah, that's that's awesome that he's going to, like like Red said, a, a local Anaheim kid possibly playing in Anaheim on opening day or at least uh, suiting up uh, on the first. So obviously we talked a little bit about the Angels and how they could be better this year than they were last year. If everything goes right, and obviously injuries can be a big part of this, but I'll go to you first, Rhett. The ceiling on this team, where do you think the ceiling is as far as like a win total? Are, are they mid-90s, low-90s, if everything kind of goes realistically right? I think ceiling's probably somewhere in the 90s, yeah. I think more realistically, maybe like, you know, high 80s. Um, I think they'll be in the mix, you know. It's going to be interesting. Division, you know, the Astros lost a lot of guys, and so did the A's. Um, so yeah, it'll be you know, a, a, definitely a battle. And, um, I think they've got the offense to, to beat and the key is going to, like I said earlier, it's going to be if, you know, Cobb and Quintana, new additions really can kind of step it up and, you know, Bundy can repeat it and Heaney can get a little bit more consistent and for Otani to do his thing. So, um, yeah, I, I think there's definitely pieces, a lot more optimism. And I think a lot of that optimism though is definitely buoyed by Otani. I mean, Otani really was the talk of the spring, maybe even just in baseball, just to see, Nobody else like him who can do that. Nobody else throwing 102 miles per hour and hitting fast, or sorry, hitting home runs 468 <laughs> feet. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where the stuff he can do, nobody else can. And to finally see it again, like I said earlier, he's you know went through all these injuries, and so for him to finally, you know, be back to his old self and really, like I said, really even healthier than he was the first time he was here because he had a torn UCL. So um, that's the big key, I think, for them in terms of win totals is if they get healthy with Tony all year. I think he can be a guy that really makes a difference and, and leads him to postseason contention. And same question to you, Fabian. Where where do you see the ceiling for this team um, if everything goes, you know, relatively right? I mean, the big thing I think we touched upon before is Shohei Otani. Like he, Mike Trout, obviously is the most important player to the Angels, but the most important player, like player who can swing things for the Angels, is going to be Shohei Otani. Like if he can be. This version of himself over the course of a full season as both a hitter and a pitcher, like that, that instantly raises the ceiling of what they can do. Um, I think if, 
I mean, if Shohei is this over the course of a full season, I think they can be in the mix for the AL West just because Houston took a step back, Oakland took a step back. I think Seattle's still a year away, and then uh, the Rangers are probably uh, on the, at the bottom of that division right now. But uh, I sort of have them pegged to like 83, 84 wins right now, and that's sort of like just trying to be in the middle of like where they could potentially be. I think their floor is higher this year than it has been in recent years just because of some of the depth pieces they've added. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be somewhere in that like maybe like 76 to 90 win range anywhere in there would make sense for me. So let me ask you is that the other beat writers I've had on to preview the other teams in the division, I asked them all the same question. It's hard to, to um, predict what your individual team is going to do because of injury and just circumstances that there's no way to predict. But I'm interested to see your guys' opinions on whoever does win the AL West, what is the win total of that team? And I'll ask Rhett first. I think probably somewhere in the low 90s. Um, the Astros don't really have the pitching depth, especially with Valdez getting hurt the way that he did. And we have Verlander out um, and then losing Springer on the offensive side. And earlier to the A's, you know, losing Hendricks and, and Simeon and all those guys. So I don't think they have an, a, a real elite team. And maybe the Astros with their offense with Alvarez and all those guys getting back, you know, maybe they, they do still have enough to be, uh, you know, one of the elite teams. But to me, I don't really see it to that extent. So I think it's more like if you can get into the low 90s, you have a chance uh, to win the division. What about you, Fabian? Where do you think the division winner win total will be this year? Yeah, I think somewhere around like 92, 93 wins uh, makes a lot of sense. Uh, just because like this is, there's a lot of parity in this division. It seems like it seems like the, these teams, like whatever one team has, the other one has something to counter it in a sense where like they, it seems like there'll be a lot of close uh, division battles, uh, and I mean they're they're all playing against the NL West this year, which is certainly going to hurt like hurt in some <laughs> cases because you're at to play the Dodgers and the Padres. That's going to help in some cases because you can beat up on the Rockies. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and, and it's it's going to be cool too to them to get out of the West and play some other teams, unlike last year where obviously everything was regionalized and and they kind of just stayed within that little bubble. So a couple under overs, I want to kind of get you guys' opinion, and we talked about him a lot, uh, Shohei Otani. So I'll go with Fabian first. Shohei Otani, do he does he get over or under eleven point five starts this year? Ooh, that's tough. Uh, I'm just betting on the side of health, which hasn't, which typically isn't <laughs> smart, and typically hasn't like the track record hasn't fit. But I'll go with the over there. Uh, I think if he can get somewhere, if he can get anywhere around like 120 innings, that's a massive game changer for this Angels rotation. And same question to you, Brett. Do you agree he goes over, or do you think under eleven point five? I think Gover, I think he'll stay in the rotation for, for quite a bit and be healthy and potentially make, you know, he said he wants to make 30 starts. So I don't know if he's going to do that with the way the six-band rotation works and he'll probably get some breaks. But, I mean, I, I can see him making a decent amount. So now let's switch to his offensive side. Under over 24.5 home runs for Otani this year. I'll go uh, Rhett first. Ooh, that's a tough one. That's a really good number right there. Oh, man, that's that's a lot. Um Shoot, I, you know, same thing. I just, I just like show. I think he's a pretty amazing. So I'll go with the over on that, and maybe he goes right at 25, 26. I don't know if he gets much more than that because he's not going to get as many at bats. He'll probably get same thing in the past when he's been healthy. He's like 100, 110 games, maybe at DH. So uh, it'd be hard to get too many more home runs than that. But uh, I think his career is what 22 or something. So, so we'll see. And what about you, Fabian? Under or over that 24.5 number? I'll go a slight under just because I have like if he's like at about. 400 plate appearances, which is pretty much what he was in 2018. Like he, I think he hit like that 23 home run mark that year. I think hit like I think that's about 
the pace that I expect for him for his power production in a good year. Uh, so I would say it's just barely under. Okay, I'm gonna start saving these, and then w- when the season's over, uh, we'll delete the wrong ones, and I'll just post up all the right ones on Twitter and stuff like that. So make you guys look like uh, geniuses. Um, the next one, Dylan Bundy again, the opening day starter, under over 16.5 wins this year. Uh, Fabian, I'll go ask you first. Um, he's the type of starter. Like normally, I wouldn't worry about like win totals that much for starting pitchers, but like he's the type of starter that goes deep enough mm-hmm. now. Uh, to still sort of get those type of decisions. Uh, I'll go under, I, I think like 15 wins would be a really good year for him. So I'll, I'll go slightly under. And what about you, Rhett? Yeah, I'll go slightly under too, just because San Diego was in a five-man rotation and had a chance yeah. to make 33, 34 starts. Maybe I'd say, hey, he's he's got a shot because of what he did last year. But with not as many opportunities, I'd say same thing. I'd say maybe 15 wins would be a nice, a nice mark for him. And then moving on, obviously we've gone this whole – a podcast we're about 30 minutes in without even really talking about mike trout um his home run total this year under over uh i'll go 42 and a half red uh, I'll, I'll, well the new ball it's going to be the beginning right we don't know yeah. if the ball is going to be suppressed or not so i guess i'll go under say it's right around 40 home runs i know we obviously did a lot more than that a couple of years ago when the, the balls were extra juicy um so yeah i think that he'll be right around 40 though so i'll say it's highly under and what about you fabian I'll go over. I, I know, like, one of the things I think we've noticed about Mike Trout the last couple of years is he's gotten more efficient in terms of, like, when he does get his bat on the ball, it's going to be crushed more often than not. And I think that's, like, and he hits the types of home runs that, like, that aren't going to be influenced by the ball uh, as much. That's I true. Think, <laughs> that's true. I, he, I think he would have gotten to 50 home runs in that 2019 season if he hadn't gotten hurt. And I think he has a 50 home run season. In him. So I think this is the year. Nice. 50 home runs for Trout would be awesome to see. Um, another guy that this could very easily be his last year, not only with the Angels, but in baseball um, altogether, Albert Pujols. Um, splitting time with what is going to assuming it's going to be Jared Walsh. So his at-bats probably aren't going to be that high. Um, his home run total, do you think it's going to be, and I'll ask Fabian first, uh, 23 and a half? I'm going to go under. I just don't think he gets enough plate appearances. I think he'll find a way maybe into more plate appearances than we're thinking now uh, just because injuries, stuff happens, guys don't perform, and you want to keep guys fresh, so we'll throw them in there maybe a little bit more than we were expecting. Uh, but I just I don't see him producing consistently enough to get that sort of total in a limited number of bats. And same question to you, Rhett. Where do you see uh, I- Albert? I tend to agree with Fabian there. Probably the slightly under just because I don't see him get enough playing time. Um, unless, you know, Walsh really doesn't kind of kind of returns to earth after his uh, breakout year last year. Because um, if not, you know, I don't really see uh, too many spots for Albert. I mean, especially with Shohei DHing a lot and being this year. Um, I feel, I still think he has obviously the power. We've seen it in the spring. He's had a great spring. Uh, I just don't think he's going to give enough opportunity uh, to really add to his. So even last year under Joe, he didn't really, at the end of the year, he really wasn't playing very much. So we'll kind of see what goes over the course of 162. But, I say slightly under that total. And then now for our uh, fan favorite, David Fletcher. Um, Rhett, is he under over 300 this year? He's over. Yeah, I think so. I'm pretty confident he'll be over. With his bat-to-ball skills and his contact ability, he's only getting better. And, it's, you know, he's the best in the game, really, I think, in terms of contact and all that stuff, in terms of the rates and everything else, and swing and strikes and all that stuff. So, no, he's got the profile to hit 300, uh, absolutely. And then, Fabian, 300 under over. 
I think I'm thinking I'm gonna go barely over. I think it's tough to like hit, predict anyone hitting over 300 at this point, and especially because like a lot of it is relying on Babbitt, bad ball luck type of stuff. Uh, and like it's sort of like the question with him is like, all right, these sort of balls like he keeps dunking in the right field. Like, is this a skill? <laughs> is this bad ball luck? What is it? Uh, and I, I'll believe it's a skill until I'm shown, like until I'm proven otherwise. He's done this for parts of three seasons already, so I'll, I'll go with over. And last under over, um, we mentioned the, the blown saves issue last year and bringing in Rosella Iglesias, 32.5 saves for him. Well, I'll go Fabian first. Uh, I'll say over. I'll say over on that uh, just because I think this is going to be a good enough team. I think he's – I mean, Iglesias has been pretty healthy throughout his career. It seems like uh, Joe Madden's going to be pretty uh, consistent with how he plans on using him. So I think 30, uh, 32.5 is a good total hit over on that. And what about you, Rhett? Yeah, I, I tend to agree with the over. Like, like Bob Miller, he really is one of the more underrated closers over the last five years or so. Um, I don't, you know, Angels fans probably don't know too much about him because he was in the NL Central with the Reds. Um, but the numbers are legit, and I think so far we've seen good stuff this spring. Um, and like Bobby said, we'll see him in all those, you know, ninth inning roles under Madden. So uh, as long as this team is competing, he's going to be in there. And I think there's enough in there for, uh, you know, more saves than that for sure. So one question we got from uh, our online is, what is the best part of being a beat writer? And we'll ask you first, Rhett. Going on podcasts like this with you, man, of course. <laughs> All right, you don't have to kiss my ass, but hey, thank you. I'll take it, though. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, a, you know, just the fact that we're paid to, you know, not the only thing we do, but to, to you know, to be around baseball, right? And to, I think that, you know, all, pretty much all beat writers love the game, you know, grew up loving it. And so it's fun to be a part of it and to, you know, document it and, you know, one of the fun things, obviously, is, you know, being in the clubhouse and, and cultivating access in there and getting to know people even in the front office in person. But COVID's changed some of that. But yeah. I'm thinking that later in this year, I think hopefully things will be a little bit better and we'll see. But, yeah, I mean, I think in the travel is obviously a big perk and it's cool to go to different ballparks and, and see different places and um, meet all the people. I mean, truthfully, you get to meet so many people in baseball around the game. And uh, I think that's my favorite part, just the people you get to meet and interact with, uh, you know, over the years for sure. And what about you, Fabian? Yeah, I know we all gripe and complain about the length of games or going to games <laughs> and all that. Like, but like, it's baseball. Like, you're gonna watch right. baseball. Okay. And it's, it, I like you still love the game. I think I still really enjoy watching baseball. Although, I mean, I I don't watch maybe as much of like uh, other teams as I used to, uh, just because I would just always have a game on in college and stuff like that. But now, obviously, don't really do that as much anymore. <laughs> but like, uh, I mean, I I like telling stories. I like being. I like people interest me. People, I'm curious about people, and I think there are a lot of really distinct personalities, different types of people who play baseball, and it sort of gives me a window to sort of talk to people and get to know people. Yeah, it's it's really cool to meet. You know, I've, I've met you know, I've become friends with Rhett through this whole process, and and Fabian, I've I've actually met you once at a yeah. JC um, uh, rehab start out in uh, Rancho one one night a couple of years ago. So it's really cool to see the process and all that stuff. So I didn't. I wasn't planning on asking this question today, but then I saw um, the Angels came out today with the walk-up songs for all the play- or not all the players, but I think the majority of the players coming into the season. So I'll ask Fabian first: If you had walk-up music, what would it be? Uh, I'm gonna sort of like subject myself to Jeff Fletcher jokes as it is. So <laughs> probably, I, I think uh, uh, "25 Eight by Bad Bunny is a good song. And I think I, I know Carlos Correa used it last year during the postseason. I thought it, it hits. Like pretty well, so I will go with that one or that or Yole Diego. <laughs> All right, uh, I knew the Bad Bunny one. I, I definitely knew that one. Um, 
the first one. Uh, uh, Rhett, what about you? What what uh, walk up song would you have? Well, I knew that Fabian was going to pick, you know, Bad Bunny, his his favorite. So I knew that one. I'm not quite hip enough. I mean, I like Bad Bunny, and you know, I've seen him do some of the stuff now. The WWE champion, or whatever it was. Either way, so my answer would be, uh, I always like Mark Morrison Return of the Mac. It's always a cool way to kind of come into the game, you know. And uh, it's just, I don't know. I always like the song, and just kind of has that cool like intro to it, and you kind of come to the plate feeling good and get some far home runs. So yeah. <laughs> awesome guys i really appreciate it um fabian obviously you're with the athletic um tell people where they can get you on twitter and how they subscribe to the athletic yeah you can follow me on twitter at fabian Ardaya, and then uh yeah we have a subscribe to the athletic i think we have a deal right now it's like one dollar per month for the first six months right now so yeah be interested uh to subscribe and then red if they have or if they haven't followed you already where where can they follow you and get your work at yeah, at Red Bollinger um, on Twitter, and then same thing, MLB.com, uh, and then obviously Angels, uh, baseball.com or angels.com, um, all on the Angels website, see all my stuff, and uh, MLB.com will have a lot of stuff on there, too, just on the homepage, and I think I'm starting to work down personalization and stuff, too, with some of the people that if you log in and have an account through MLB.com, it'll kind of be more personalized into what you like and what kind of players you like or what teams you can, because I think that's going to come pretty soon here. So, yeah, MLB.com, you check out my stuff, Angels.com, and on Twitter, pretty active, uh, at Red Bollinger, and Feel free to tweet at me. Don't bother me too much. I'm just kidding. Yeah, well, it's like, you probably get, probably get a lot of those uh, questions of uh, what are they doing and why can't this trade happen? I'm sure you get that. Both of you guys get that a ton. Um, thank you guys again. Uh, it was great to see a Trojan and a Sun Devil get along for at least, you know, an hour. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm sure Red probably came into the press box with his chest out a little bit more after the, uh, what was it, Monday night or Tuesday night win? Yeah, oh yeah, I definitely did. I've worn a couple of USC shirts in the college, college shirts in the press box this uh, this spring. A couple of big wins, and we'll see what they do uh, as another Pac-12 team in Oregon uh, this weekend. Awesome, guys! Thank you very much. I know you guys are heading back to uh, obviously Anaheim soon, so safe travels. And we're really looking forward to looking up, uh, reading both your guys' work as the season goes on with the 2021 season. Thanks for having me. Cool. Yeah, cool. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, it was much fun always. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. And just around the corner, we have MLB baseball. Bet online covers everything from award shows, TV shows, and even reality TV. Real-time updates, odds, and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. This is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And I want to thank Rhett Bollinger and Fabian Ardaya for jumping on uh, the podcast today and continuing the Angels Preview Week. Um, again, Fabian of The Athletic and then Rhett of MLB.com. Definitely check out both their work. Great guys. Uh, great reads. Uh, looking forward to having them back on. Hopefully, maybe at the halfway point, and we can kind of review about what's going on and then talk more about trade deadline if they make a move and this and that. Um, but opening day is right around the corner, and I'm looking forward to it so much. Um, so we will be back next week, early next week. Uh, I believe Monday and then Thursday on opening day, we will be live again from Halo Haven at six, at six o'clock up till game time. Um, t- 
taking, you know, giving our predictions about what we think the Angels are going to do this year, maybe reacting to some of the predictions that we heard today on this one from Fabian and and Rhett. But uh, we're a week away. So by the time you're hearing this, we are, we are going to be a week away or less. So um, really looking forward to it. I got really high expectations for this team. I think they've looked great in spring. I think a lot of the key guys have had great springs. Um, but kind of like we mentioned in the interview, springs numbers are spring numbers. But this year, it kind of feels a little different. This year, it kind of feels a little more special. So, um, like I mentioned, really, really looking forward to the start of the season on April 1st. So, definitely check us out at our Instagram and our Twitter, Halo underscore Haven, our YouTube page of the All Angels Podcast YouTube page. Those are the, um, the YouTube page and the Twitter account is where you can get the live uh, recording of the podcast when we are live. Um, so, definitely check it out. Uh, you know, follow us, please uh, subscribe, rate, review, um, working hard for this season. And once the season starts, we will be going again twice a week, um, reviewing the past games and then kind of also talking a little bit about the games moving forward. And we're going to try to do those once the series ends. So if a series ends on like a Wednesday night, there's a good chance we'll have a podcast out by Thursday morning. If the pot, if, you know, obviously Sunday night, are kind of the getaway day so there's a very good chance you'll have a podcast sunday night or or monday morning so that's the kind of way we're going to structure the podcast for this year is once a series changes over we're going to try to throw a podcast and review the past uh uh games they played and talk about the ones coming up so again i really i really really enjoy talking to gooby i really really enjoy talking to fabian and red bollinger and um thank you for all you guys listening out there um ones that jump on when we are live really, really appreciate it. Um, but please give a rate review on our, um, Apple podcast. That's the way to help this spread and share it. Uh, tell a friend, tell a buddy, tell a neighbor, uh, baseball season is going to be back. And by the time you hear this podcast, we will be a week or less away from opening day, um, in Anaheim with Dylan Bundy taking the mound. So, I am looking forward to that. So until next week, I am Daniel Garcia, and this has been another edition of the All Angels Podcast. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.